You are listening to the Speak Podcast. The podcast featuring talks from Speak, a public speaking platform for people with ideas and stories. Produced by Launchpad 516 Studios. Welcome to the Speak Podcast, produced by Launchpad 516 Studios. New episodes available every week on all your favorite podcast platforms. Speak is a public speaking platform for people with ideas and stories. Each Speak Talk features three key moments. The moment of truth, the moment of transformation, and the moment of impact. We host pop-up events all over the world, and now we are bringing our talks to your device. Our speakers are stepping onto the stage and into the spotlight, and now onto this podcast. Welcome to the show. Welcome to another episode of The Speak Podcast. I'm your host for today, George Andriopoulos, the architect and one of the co-leaders here at Speak. Today's episode's micro theme is the power of love and transformation. And as we gear up for an exciting 2024, we're going to see a lot of transformation for The Speak platform. So goes this episode where we talk about transformation, especially that which comes from the power of love. So without any further ado, let's dive right into these three incredible talks. The first talk for this episode is from published speaker, Dr. Dwayne Jenkins, who spoke at Speak Love in February of 2023 in Farmingdale, New York at Stage 317. Dr. Dwayne Jenkins is a cancer surgeon with more than 20 years of experience, and being a cancer surgeon has taught him that the most powerful medicine flows from the heart, not the hands. With his talk, Words of Love, here's Dr. Dwayne Jenkins. What a beautiful moment this is. It's a lot better than the last time I stood on a stage, blinded like a deer in headlights. I had just shredded the I Have a Dream speech. I stripped it of all its content, omitting everything from the Red Hills of Georgia to Lookout Mountain of Tennessee. I couldn't believe what was happening because I knew that speech backward and forward. But I'd only rehearsed it in my mind. Looking back, I know that I hadn't come to the stage to honor Dr. King I hadn't come to impress you, the audience. I had come seeking the glory it would bring me, the cheers and the applause, all those surrogates I was seeking for my low self-esteem. But instead, you were there, and I was blinded by your probing eyes. Back in my body, I awoke after the second, free at last. You can only imagine the fucking conversation that's going through my head. What I remember next was a series of moments, 
strung over decades. Moments designed to cover my secret shame. That night, it was the stench of Boone's farm underneath the pier. And some random girl's thick tongue awkwardly probing my mouth. Later, it was spiked apple cider, AOL chat rooms, and late night hookups disguised as evening study sessions. I hid my shame for 30 years. 30 years of feeding the need to please, binging on the drugs of assiduous over-preparation, alternating with obsessive self-sabotage. And yes, mixed with more than my fair share of booze-fueled sexcapades. That is, until she arrived, my baby girl, just when I was working up the nerve to come out of the closet. What I'm saying is that I was literally about to come out of the shower, and there's her mother's hand with the fucking positive pregnancy test in it. I mean, you just can't make this shit up. So yeah, she stopped me from coming out that night, and later, on another night, she stopped me again. I lay there shivering on that bathroom floor, having indulged in too much of a good thing. And all I could think was, what would she do if I died here alone? What would she do? So I dragged my ass to a meeting. Hi, my name is Dwayne and I'm... So yeah, that was a powerful moment. And the moment that was my free at last moment. That was a moment that I recognized that though Michaela had been saving my life, her whole life, there was still one redeeming conversation that I had to have all on my own. So I went home, home to that country town with just one flashing red light home to the house that I practically grew up in, same house that he built with his own two hands. And there he was, sitting in his recliner, same spot where, if he wasn't watching Archie Bunker, George and Wheezy, or some of those crooks like Jim and Tammy, he was sharing lessons on the faith of Abraham, and he was speaking on leading with love. So we sat there, him in his recliner, and 
me on the edge of the bed. Same bed where some years later, he eventually died. And I made my confession. Granddaddy, I'm gay. And I drank for years because I thought you were ashamed of me. I drank because I was ashamed of me. And because I'm still recovering, I know that I'll drink again if I had let you die before hearing me say these words. And so we sat there. <laughs> it was just a second, but it felt like hours. But it was just one pregnant, long overdue second. And then I thought his soft gaze, surrounded by his oh-so-familiar smile, and I heard it, not quite a whisper, but gentle, like butterfly kisses. His near soundless mic drop. Dwayne, my number one grand, he said, you must be true to yourself. <sighs> These words of love, they freed me from the cage of my fears and chased away the voices that were plaguing my head. I instantly started dropping those rocks of secret shame and looking back on it, I can see that it was there all along, reflected in his eyes was the soft strength of untold, silenced generations. They were the authors of his lessons of love. They were my priests. They were my confessors and he had delivered their message to me. And now instead of the rocks, I carry the message. And there are no difficult conversations. Granddaddy, because of your liberating words of love, I'm free. I'm free at last. Thank God Almighty, I'm free at last. Thank you. That was Dr. Dwayne Jenkins with his powerful talk, Words of Love. Speak Love was our second pop-up event 
which took place just a few months after our initial pop-up event in November of 2023 in the exact same venue. I had the pleasure of collaborating with Dr. Duane on this talk as we prepared for Speak Love, and we had such a good time doing that. Dr. Duane came from our channel partner, The Big Talk, and Trisha Brooks. So we thank Trisha for sending us such an incredibly impactful speaker, and we thank Duane for his incredible talk. Our next talk comes from our Speak Transformation event, our first international event ever, which took place on the 5th of October in 2023 in Belfast, Northern Ireland at the Belfast Empire Music Hall. Published speaker Kai Graham dives into a personal journey stemming from a 1974 classroom experience when public speaking induced severe anxiety. The talk addresses the lasting impact of an outdated teacher's negative remarks and subsequent redirection in life. It emphasizes the vital role of self-trust and mentors in overcoming anxieties, societal pressures, and bullying, ultimately empowering children to embrace their uniqueness. Kai's transformation from a shy child to a passionate anxiety coach is shared to highlight the importance of nurturing resilience and self-belief in today's youth facing a challenging world inundated with negativity. Without further ado, here's Kai Graham with The Expert Within, empowering kids to defy adult expectations. I remember my first panic attack as if it were yesterday. I want you to picture the scene. It's 1974 and we're all in our classroom as the sun is beating down on our 10 year old heads. It feels like a blimmin' greenhouse. Old Miss Taylor with her blue rinse, her twin set and pearls and her tweed skirt. Why is it that te teachers always seem to wear tweed in those days? Anyway, she shuffles up to the front of the room. Now then, class, we're going to be reading aloud today. Will you get your books out, please? Rosemary, start from where we left off, please. Suddenly, my head went into an absolute tailspin. Every fiber of my being was saying, run, get out of here. You see, public speaking was the single most anxiety-inducing task I ever had to do as a child. I was sitting there, and I could hear the voices snaking up and down the classroom as my friends and, and, and other pupils were delivering their, sort of their paragraphs with absolute alacrity. To add insult to injury, I was the penultimate reader. And so my, my anxiety levels were absolutely skyrocketing and they were going to be prolonged for that little bit longer. I sat there and I went through the pages looking for my, for my chapter, for my verse, and, and I found it. So I started practicing it in my head and looking for any of the words that I would stumble on because what would happen if I got it wrong? What would happen if I messed up? What would they think of me? Would they think I was stupid? Well, yes, of course. So how was I going to get out of this? I could hear that there were three people away. So I, I started fumbling with, with, my, with my pencil case just to sort of try and distract myself, to try and make myself feel calm. But how could I? Because this was absolutely terrifying. Suddenly, it was my turn. And before I could get a word out, I let out an almighty scream. 
screech. Good gracious, what is the matter, girl? (laughs) I sat there with my arm outstretched to reveal not one, but two shiny staples embedded in my thumb. Will somebody please take Caroline to the sick bay so we can avoid a bloodbath here? Hurrah! I had I had avoided my 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 doom. I had got a reprieve. But at what cost? Two months later, at a parent-teachers meeting, Mum, Dad, and I were sitting in that very same classroom. They were dwarfing me as they sat on the tiny um, the the tiny chairs that us pupils used on a daily basis. We sat there and watched old Miss Taylor expectantly. Over the top of her spectacles, she looked at us with rather a patronizing look. And she said with a look of pity in her eyes, Caroline's not really going to be setting the Thames on fire now, is she? What? Is that true? I thought I was a good pupil. This can't be right. It has to be right. She's the expert. But I tried really hard. I I handed in my homework on time. I was always polite. I never got into any trouble. Well, apart from the thumb escapade. And here was my teacher, my head teacher, basically consigning me to the scrap heap at the tender old age of 10 years old. What happened was I unconsciously gave up. I decided to withdraw. I became a wallflower because, after all, she was the expert, wasn't she? And little did I know that actually that one single comment delivered by a wizened, antiquated old expert changed the trajectory of my childhood. Throughout my childhood and my adolescent years, I became quiet and introverted. And in order to avoid any further criticism, I tried to make myself invisible. What happened, though, that I was, was that I was bullied mercilessly. I don't think there was anything inherently wrong with me, but the thing is, is that when Bullies are looking for their victims. They're looking for the wallflowers, aren't they? They're looking for the people that aren't really going to stand up for themselves. And for that reason alone, I stood out. I had a target on my back. I went on through my education, and I joined the corporate world of IT. Not long after my daughter's first birthday, I was being reprimanded for for cancelling a, a meeting with my then client, which was Marks and Spencer. And you see, I, I, what I did was I cancelled because my daughter had just contracted chicken pox. And so the nursery wouldn't have her. I didn't have appropriate childcare. So I had to look after her. And I was being rebuked because of that. I broke the cardinal rule of the client always comes first. 
So I was being told off. I was being hauled over the coals. And that was it. I actually resigned on the spot. I was sick to death with being made to feel not good enough. I was sick to death with listening to other experts who, quite frankly, knew jack shit about my life. So it was then, when I became a stay-at-home mum, that I flourished. Not only was I able to look after my own kids that little bit better, I was also looking after a whole host of other kids as well through my work with Childline, which is the UK's leading child counselling service. I was able to support lots of other kids who were being bullied just like I'd been, who were feeling as though they had to step back and, and avoid attention just like I was trying, had been trying to do. And so I was supporting young kids who had high anxiety or low self-esteem. You see, I knew these kids because I had been one of them. Nowadays, with the news and the internet, we are experiencing so much more toxicity and negativity, and it's all brought to us in the palm of our hands with the devices that we're holding. But it's also in the palm of our children's hands, 24-7. They are putting up with and are experiencing everything about sexting, about child trafficking, about wars, about climate change, about all you know, the cost of living. Everything is being brought to them on a daily basis. No wonder our children are struggling with a mental health crisis. It's not all doom and gloom, though. Yes, anxiety does tend to be more prevalent when we don't know what's going on in the world, when we are uncertain about our own future. And yes, it is a messed up world. But it's also a beautiful world. It's my job as an anxiety coach to not really to get rid of kids' anxieties, because let's face it, it's an integral part of being human. But what it is, it's my job and my goal to stop young people from playing small. Not long ago, Maisie came to me. She was being bullied, had been for a number of years. And it was my job to support her. She had been so traumatized that she couldn't even hang out in her own neighborhood in Hollywood. That's Hollywood County Down. And it was my job to support her and give her the tools to build her confidence. And that's exactly what we did. So in one session, one afternoon, we broke down those barriers that sort of made her feel not good enough. We broke down those barriers that stopped her previously from standing up for herself. And I helped Maisie to start believing in herself again. Two or three days after our session, I got a text. You'll never guess where I am. Give me a clue, Maisie. She said, I'm sitting in Hollywood High Street. I'm in Costa and I'm having a latte. You see, that's what I'm talking about. 
When we arm our children with the courage to stand up to their demons, when we arm them with unwavering self-belief, and when we give them the tools to build their confidence and to combat their anxieties, not only are we giving them the tools to live an anxiety-free and, and worthwhile and fun life, but we are equipping them as a generation to build a bolder world, a braver world, where dreams not only come true, but where they flourish against all recognition. And it's up to us to craft that destiny for our youngsters as their mentors, as their parents, as their experts. So I want you to stand with me and stand beside our kids and cheer them on from the sidelines so that they can build a bigger, bolder, brighter future for themselves where they can set their own Thames on fire. Thank you. That was Kai Graham with her incredible talk, The Expert Within, Empowering Kids to Defy Adult Expectation. Kai was such a pleasure to work with at our first international event. It was so interesting working with all of these speakers who were all based in Northern Ireland for the most part. Learning the culture of Northern Ireland while adapting to their style of speaking and, of course, paying homage and respect to the culture. Kai was so generous with this talk and so generous with her compliments of the event. And we were just so excited to have her on the stage as one of our first international speakers. So thank you so much, Kai, for being a part of the Speak family. And we cannot wait to see you again when we come back to Northern Ireland and more countries in the Europe area later this year. Details to come. Our final talk from today comes from our Speak Shelter event, which took place in October of 2023 at the Laurie Beachman Theater off of Broadway in New York City. Founder of Knock Knock Give a Sock, Adina Lichtman recounts the story behind the founding of her nonprofit organization during her freshman year of college in New York City. Throughout her incredible sock journey, she discovered something really special about the differences between people in different circumstances in life all because of the hug of a three-year-old. Here's Adina Lichtman with her talk, A Really Good Hug. The word shelter is associated, when I think about it, with my experience growing up. I grew up in a small Jewish community in New Jersey, where everybody knew everybody. I knew the name of my mailman, I knew the name of my crossing guard, and of course I knew the name of every kid in my grade because there were only about 50 of us. I also could tell you the names of 90% of the families who lived on my block. I was in one of these small sheltered communities. But it wasn't a bad thing. In fact, it was a really good thing. It led me to trust the world around me. It made me feel secure with anyone I spoke to. So 
when I came to New York City my freshman year of college, I realized that I wanted to create that I wanted to create the same sense of community. And so the way this manifested was my freshman year of college in New York City, I could tell you the name of my Starbucks barista. I could tell you the name of my security guard. And yes, it also included my neighbors experiencing homelessness on the street. So one night, my sophomore year of college, I was giving out sandwiches to my neighbors on the street. And one man said to me, ma'am, it's so nice you're giving out sandwiches. But one thing we could really use are a pair of socks. So I went back to my dorm room, I opened my drawer, and I saw my pink polka dotted size six foot socks that clearly weren't gonna fit my new friend Diego. So I decided to go and knock on every door on my floor. And in about 15 minutes, I got over 40 pairs of socks. By the time I was a senior in college, we had spread to over 20 college campuses and collected over 50,000 pairs of socks. And I became a bit of a sock celebrity. But something you learn pretty quickly, when you're giving out 50,000 pairs of socks, is that there actually aren't that many people in New York City experiencing homelessness living on the streets for that many socks. And I very quickly learned that out of the 60,000 people who experience homelessness in New York City on a given night. Only about 5% of them are living on the streets. And about 95% of them are actually living in local homeless shelters. So that led me to going around with my minivan, <laughs> with my many boxes, to all the different shelters in New York City. And I was primarily going to single men and single women adult shelters. My first experience walking into a family shelter is the night that changed everything. I walked into a family shelter with two boxes of socks. And I dropped them off at the front desk. And I quickly turned, I quickly turned to the door. But as I was turning, I saw the elevator door open, and a group of 15 three-year-olds walked out. And one of them came straight to me and gave me the most delicious three-year-old hug. She had no idea who I was or why I was there. She was just a three-year-old who wanted a hug. And that was the moment that changed everything. Because in that moment, I was able to see myself as a three-year-old who just needed a hug. And this project, this knock-knock, give-a-sock project that had started with me collecting socks for a community that was less fortunate than the community that I grew up in, that was so different, that was so foreign, that was so disconnected from the way I grew up. What used to be a community and a project where I was helping them transformed into a community where I was helping my own community. Because I was able to see the three-year-old in myself, the three-year-old that all of us have in us, that just need a hug. 
And at that moment, like I said, it was the first time I was walking into a family shelter. Before then, I had met different adults who had had these stories and journeys through homelessness where our lives had diverged so many ways, whether it was getting hurt on a construction site and not being able to pay rent that month, or whether it was someone who lost a job and didn't have a couch that they could crash on, or someone who was suffering from addiction. What struck me at that moment with that three-year-old is the only difference between myself and my neighbor experiencing homelessness are the deck of cards that were dealt. And if we can all see ourselves, and if we can all see our neighbors and see ourselves in them as the three-year-old that just needs a hug, you won't see yourself as a different community. You'll be able to see yourself as the same community. Because at the end of the day, every single one of us here is our three-year-olds inside of us in need of safety, in need of shelter, and in need of a really good hug. Thank you. That was Adina Lichtman with her Speak Talk, A Really Good Hug. Adina was another pleasure to have on our stage. Of course, that event produced by Meredith Grundy, who is a channel partner and a published speaker, and she's coming back to produce a second pop-up event this year. Details to come on that. So thank you, Meredith, for this incredible speaker, and thank you, Adina, for being such a light in this world and so much fun to work with. That does it for another episode of the Speak Podcast. I have been your host for today, George Andriopoulos. Join us next week and every week as we bring you three more incredible talks from people with ideas and stories. We'll see you next time, guys. The Speak Podcast is brought to you by Launchpad 516 Studios, executive produced by Fred P. Banning, Jason Martin, and George Andriopoulos. Our theme song, Champions Day, is by Lupus Nocti. Incidental music, Melting Places, is by Andreas Cantu. Music and sound effects licensed through Epidemic Sound. The Speak Podcast is hosted with Podbean. Make sure to subscribe to this feed wherever podcasts are available and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts while you're at it. Follow Speak at Speak underscore event on Twitter and at Speak Event on all other social media platforms. Visit our website, speakevent.com, for upcoming events, channel partner, sponsorship, and Speak at Work opportunities. And follow all the great podcasts produced by Lunchpad 516 Studios.